Hello everyone, welcome to Psych, my new psychology podcast. My name is Rosie Jenner and if you've heard of me, it's probably because I advertise all of my platforms absolutely everywhere. I've tried to do YouTube, I've tried to do blogging um, and I mean, I'm still so vain that I think people want to listen to me but I'm too lazy to do any of those things anymore Um, so I can make this podcast from my bed and just chill out. Um, I've always loved making and recording podcasts, not just my voice, I know, wow. Um, (laughs) But I really wanted to do something that I'm passionate about um, and really get to grips with my area as well as help other people to sort of bust those myths and legends and address some other things in psychology that people actually want to hear about. Um, So welcome to Psych. It's a pun. I'm not going to explain it further because it would just ruin everything. Um, (laughs) But I wanted to create a podcast that was fun to listen to but also felt motivating, productive and like you're learning something. Because Oftentimes I listen to a podcast and it feels like I'm listening to a lecturer and I just want to be relaxing but also feeling like I'm not doing absolutely nothing. So I thought I would create this discussion um, where we can all talk about psychology together. Um, Maybe in the future I'll have some friends come on here. You never know. But I just thought we would have a chill time, talk about psychology um, and really, you know get to know each other (laughs) that sounds really creepy um no but you know something casual something that makes you feel like we're all friends and we're just chilling out talking about something we love um and you're still learning something but it doesn't feel tiring and full of effort so as i've said my name is rosie jenner i'm 21 years old from the uk and i'm studying psychology um i will be applying to do the ID, which is the clinical psychology doctorate here in the UK. Um, am I going to swear on here? <laughs> um, I am nervous, to say the least, but I really want to get to grips with a lot of the myths and legends around mental health, like everyone else, um, I suppose, everyone does that, um, and inform you guys and myself, as I've already said. Um, and sort of teach myself in a really fun way. So I thought that, you know, recording my voice for hours on end would be one of those great solutions to learning. Uh, because I actually do learn by recording things and listening back to them. Um, so I will be not only talking about myths and legends, obviously, um, but theories and treatments and just things about clinical psychology or psychology in general that I find fascinating or that you want me to talk about because let's face it not everyone has the time or effort to research for hours (laughs) on things that they want to know about. Um, Obviously I'm in the fortunate position where I have learned quite a lot. I did three years of psychology A-level, I've now done three years of psychology degree Um, and here we are, me thinking that I have enough knowledge to teach you um (laughs) but you know it's a student space it's like students teaching students instead of listening to your old grumpy lecturer who mumbles all the time um so welcome to psych let's get psyched about psychology jesus christ let's just skip (laughs) okay so today i just wanted to talk about my experience and what i'm sort of doing and 
how I got here because I feel like you can't really have like a cute little relationship on podcasts with and feel like you're friends with someone unless you know them um and I really miss that in podcasts like a lot of people just go into the topic but I want to know who's speaking I'm very particular about voices behind podcasts I know this sounds really stupid um but I like to know who I'm listening to you know I know I'm not entitled but I want a YouTube feel what can I say um and I often fall asleep to podcasts so I don't want some little creep whispering into a microphone sending me off to sleep anyway (laughs) if you couldn't tell I'm very awkward um so I first started getting interested in psychology when I was 12 because I had a lot of mental illnesses um I really struggled with depression at that age um I had some very unhealthy coping mechanisms I didn't seek help for a year and it was just escalating and escalating um and eventually I ended up writing four letters to the people in my family um and then giving them to my dad and saying this is how I feel please take me to a counsellor. <laughs> um, so when I was uh, coming towards 13 I started going to therapy. They tried to put me in group therapy because they thought it was good for me which is absolutely stupid because I literally said I had social anxiety. I can't be in a room with people. Please don't throw me at the deep end. Uh, please don't flood me effectively um, if you studied phobias. And they did. So I went to group therapy and they said I wouldn't know anyone but I did so that was fun. I had one-on-one therapy, I eventually ended up in CBT for OCD, Um, I started taking my sister's sleeping pills and it all escalated to the point where I had to have CBT and gave in to having antidepressants, blah 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 blah. Not that you needed to know that, but you know, we're all curious about each other's lives and I'm pretty open about my mental health, so that's sort of where I started. I'm one of those typical, I want to give back what I got. Um, but make it better. I really felt let down by a lot of the services I used and I'd really like to create an environment where you are getting individual, personal, effective therapies and medications that aren't just, you know, you've been given that diagnosis, now you get this. Um, So I sort of started there. Um, I always knew I wanted to be a nurse or a healthcare assistant. There's literally a picture of me like, you know, hitting my dad with one of those hammers that you use on knees as a nurse, dressed as a nurse when I'm like five. Um, So I always knew I wanted to go into healthcare, but I wasn't really sure what area until that age. And then I was like, ooh, what if I turned my pain into power, you know? Um, Got that cheeky slogan from one of my work experiences, which I'll go into. Um, And yeah, I really struggled thinking about if I wanted to be a mental health nurse or if I wanted to be a psychiatrist but eventually um, I ended up wanting to be a clinical psychologist because I didn't just want to listen to people I wanted to offer proper solutions and help but I also didn't want to sit behind a desk prescribing things and also I was told that I was basically incompetent in the science areas so there was no way I was going to become a a psychiatrist even Um, So I feel like clinical is just a great balance um, of being helpful and effective, getting to know people um, and sort of overseeing a person's case and really getting to know them. 
um, I don't know, maybe I'm deluded, but here I am with all my hopes and dreams that I'll be able to um, basically avoid what budgets give you. <laughs> so I started deviating towards midwifery. I really, really, really wanted to be a midwife. And every time I see one of my midwifery friends, um, you know, uploading, oh, I've delivered my 44th baby or whatever, or like, I'm graduating today, I'm doing my first C-section, all of this, like, I get so jealous because I absolutely adore babies. I love women. I know that's... <laughs> I love looking after women and their rights and making sure that they are in the best place they can because if you know anything about midwifery, um, it really is about the mother. Um, but here we are. My grandfather basically said to me don't waste your talent um in understanding mental illnesses please become a psychologist and that's when I wrote to uni and was like yo can I change courses uh I think I made a mistake and I want to be a psychologist again and they were like yeah <laughs> and then uh clearing came around I wasn't too happy with the university that I was applying to because it was a bit far away I was still struggling with my mental health a lot um so I wanted to stay at home and I called up my local uni and I was like, hi, I got really crap A-levels. Looking back on it, like I got good A-levels for the circumstances I was in. I self-taught everything. I got CDD and, you know, I was practically bedbound, but managed to get those grades. So good on you, Rosie. Um, but I rang up and I was like, hey, will you let me in? And they were like, yeah. And now I know why they let me in because it's, well... <laughs> I, I won't defame my uni um, but it's more of a breeze than I thought it would be I'm not gonna lie A-levels was a lot harder than this degree I don't have any exams which is probably the main part because I'm absolutely horrendous at remembering things um, so yeah wow um, first thing I need to mention is I take forever to get to the point of a story so buckle in and I'm sorry if my partner's listening to this he knows how much of a ranter I am and probably doesn't need to hear any of this. Um, but here we are. So I started attending uni. Um, I practically didn't go to any lessons because I just have no motivation. I've been struggling with, with sleep forever, um, but managed to come out pretty much two on both years. Um, and yeah, here we are, hoping to boost that grade to a first, but I think a 2 one's a really good grade. If you're listening to this and you're a student, please remember that first is literally there for the exceptional students. A 2-1 is brilliant. The only reason that people look at 2-1 as higher is because it happens to be there. Um, a 2-1 is what you need. A 2-1 is brilliant and is a fight to get. Um, and I really put myself down this year because I didn't realize how much of an exception a first was because I went to a school full of women who wanted to be chemical engineers and brain surgeons and they happened to go and do biomed again first or do medicine and get first. Um, well, obviously like medical courses because I'm pretty sure medicine is a pass fail. But anyway, so, I always thought, oh my god, if I don't get a first, I'm not going to be a great psychologist. But actually, talking to the people who I do interviews for, um, and to the people who I volunteer with, a 2-1 is quite desirable, because it's like you have that balance. And I'll admit, I really don't have any balance, and I happen to be rather bad at, you know, organising my time. But 
he's hoping for a 2-1 I guess anyways so I I sort of had on off like little jobs I worked in a cafe now I work at Waterstones blah 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 blah. um and in my second year we had a module where we had to get work experience so top tip always 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 have your university email on the front page of your browser always have it open because they will have opportunities galore um during these times on your um module page for that module um they will post opportunities i literally messaged every single counselor in the area i i messaged all of the sarks in my area um and basically was like someone please give me relevant work experience i want to be a clinical doctor i want to have clinical work experience before anything else please help me um and eventually they announced that mind we're looking for people so i started working for autism support and then another opportunity opened once you get in the door with mind they advertise all of the opportunities and jobs regardless of qualification um they advertised them to their volunteers and they said that they needed someone in their general mental help health hub um which happened to be on the town over from where i was working with the autism people so one day a week i would go and volunteer to help people with autism socialize because they were um they were older adults who were quite low functioning and isolated um and then with the hub i would go there and it was like more acute like severe depression um most of them were very isolated uh couples struggling with each other's delusions and sort of things um we had one lady who had schizophrenia and she came to sort of use it as a distraction and get to know people and the real world i suppose um or the world outside of her perception um and it was very interesting but obviously covid came along and took all that away um but i was lucky enough to apply for a job that they advertised literally only over email with my particular uh, personal tutor um, for a place called Mezarc, which is the multidisciplinary evaluation of sexual assault referral centers for better health. And I was so lucky. I went to the interview. I thought I bombed it because I'm not good at quantitative data i knew it was a qualitative study but they asked me about how i would analyze things using spss and i was like oh my god what do i say um luckily managed to weasel my way through and they gave me a job which was absolutely amazing um i started off volunteering making leaflets um transcribing a few things um and then this september they asked me if i wanted to be part of the lived experience group so now i get paid and I have never had such a good experience in my life. I really thought that research wasn't for me or that it wouldn't give me enough fulfillment because I'm not directly working with people or whatever. But watching this project grow and having that opportunity from age 20 to work with one of, you know, one of the upcoming original amazing research studies on SARCs and how we can actually help recovery and services has been the opportunity of a lifetime um and if you want to get involved or volunteer if you've accessed a SARC in the last six months I believe it is um we're open till next summer um although I think you can access it if you've ever been to a SARC 
because we've opened it up quite a lot because we're closing next summer um and we really are looking for participants so that we can change the way that people recover and help services and get survivors the help that they need um it's a longitudinal study um so we email people we email people we interviewed them um once and then at six months a year and two years so we're following their progress and making sure that that SARC is doing their job and helping them to get to a good place um and helping in their um long-term health and recovery and it's just so great it's really made me think like I could do research um but maybe that's just because my colleagues are so competent and amazing um but really just shove your foot in the door write to charities because they always want someone um barter all of your lecturers and ask if they have any opportunities because it's worth it let me tell you um you know I'd say I'm not bragging but I am because you know you've got to brag about yourself sometimes so get that work experience um and it will lead to good things because I messaged the professor of the ClinSide at Birmingham and I was like hey I'm an undergraduate I'd really like to do a doctorate in clinical psychology I really want to be a doctor ASAP um and get into my own rhythm sort of thing um but I don't have any paid work experience and he said well have you been shadowing a doctor on research or in the field and I was like well actually since January I've been working with um autism specialists counsellors and doctors of psychology doing research and he said well then you should apply and I was like hell yeah because I've never been paid to do a job I haven't been an assistant psychologist blah 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 um so that's exciting um so here's me saying you don't have to take the normal route just push yourself but also I absolutely flooded myself with work experiences and it did not do well for my essays I started to really lag behind at the end of year two because I'd taken on so much responsibility um and the travel was about two hours each way um because at the time I didn't have a car so I would get the train and the train was always delayed or it was cancelled like one time I was literally stuck in the train station for three hours and obviously the session had been and gone by that point so yeah um if you are thinking about becoming a clinical psychologist a counselling psychologist literally any kind of healthcare worker please do consider investing in yourself and your future by getting a car (laughs) or by getting driving lessons. I know they are so expensive. It's actually ridiculous nowadays, but every job that I've ever wanted to apply for, even getting onto the doctorate, which I haven't gotten onto obviously, but I was looking through the application the other day and they say, you need a car, you need a driving license, please, please. We need you to drive around to do community work, etc. So that's another top tip. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, that's me. I'm in my third year. I just got a 2-1 in my first essay um, and I'm really hoping to boost my skills I'm focusing on doing more original work. I'm focusing on really critically analyzing things. So I think I might do an episode on what I've learned because I really was at the very bottom of two ones at most. Um, I did actually have a fail last year. 
I got a lot of tutus in my first year and second year because I had no idea how to write academically anymore because A-level changes you so much and then it turns out that none of that is needed. So, um, so I really needed to switch it up and I watched this brilliant YouTube video um, by, I want to say Dr. Yusuf. Dr. Sarah Yusuf, maybe? Um, and it was basically how to get to one or a first. And she is amazing at explaining things. I applied all of it to my last essay. Got a pretty high 2-1. 65%, I guess it's sort of average. Um, but a solid 2-1. And I thought, like, I need to share that with the world. <laughs> Not that anyone needs to hear what I have to say. But her approach to essay writing was so magnificent that it actually made me want to do academic writing uh, which is such a huge part of psychology um, I really didn't realise that before I thought I'll just get through my degree I'll get into clinical, I'll start analysing people blah 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 um, but there is a lot of paperwork in psychology there is a lot of case studies and writing up things and doing coursework and being competent in every area of literature really um so I might do an episode on that. Who knows? But this podcast is, like I said, sort of a student hangout for psychology, I guess. Um, and that's been enough of me, as I'm sure you've, you know, I've tired everyone out now. So <laughs> I hope you enjoy and I hope you'll come back to psych. Um, and have a great evening. Have a great week. Anyone who has applied to the Clint's ID this year, um, it closed five days ago, I believe, the application's good luck have faith in yourself whatever happens you can always apply later with even more work experience you can get to know the sort of people you'll be working with by working in other sectors or you'll get in and you'll be an amazing clinical psychologist and i am absolutely so jealous of you because i want to be there with you um but i'm cheering you all on everyone who's doing essays right now and exams i know it's coming to the end of the year please stay strong it will be over soon once you get that out of the way get whatever pass you need have a little break go back to it but make sure to look after yourself because you cannot write a good piece of academic work if your brain isn't in the right area and by that i mean if you're really sad and you're stuck in bed and you're eating forever rushy like i am because my partner's grandma is an angel then you're probably not gonna feel very in the mood to write so please look after yourself please keep looking at BLM resources. I feel like there's been such a drought about Black Lives Matter recently. Um, I know that there was that win in America, but that really doesn't mean that we can stop raising awareness because this is life for a lot of people. Um, so I just wanted to add that in there. Please stay safe, stay wearing your masks and social distancing, and I will see you whenever I next decide to record. Bye.